This is Jocko, Underground Podcast, and we actually have an Echo Charles topic, which is strange because you sent you always send me topics, and I, look, I open them with the I you know you'll send me an email it'll say UG topics, sure. and I'll open it up with a good attitude. I'll have a positive <laughs> attitude. Cool, but it's been pretty rare so far mm-hmm. that they make the cut. Now, maybe one of our topics could be Echo Charles topics. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, maybe we'll do that next time. I'll just go through the topics <laughs> and see what you were thinking when these came to mind. Also, I'd like to say this. Mm-hmm. If there's something that a listener is, that you'd like to hear us discuss, send it in. Not just a question, but say, hey, we'd like to hear your discussion on this topic. Mm-hmm. So the topic that you sent me was schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. Yep. I think that's how you say it, schadenfreude. Yep. Schadenfreude, you sent me this topic. Hey, well, let's talk about this. And it's a pretty it's a pretty popular topic. Yeah, maybe popular strong words. You hear it occasionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a German word. That's the combination of two words. The first word is schaden, which is damage or harm, and freude, which is joy. So this is when you, as a person, are finding joy in someone else's suffering. <laughs> so I, I, it seems to be something that people like to experience on the interwebs, right? Mm-hmm. You can kind of watch bad things happen to people. I mean, there's whole, there's a thing called fail, like fail TV and fail army, right? Oh, yeah. just, watch, yes, just watching people eat shit in a <laughs> bunch of various different ways yep. on skateboards, on mountain bikes, on water skis, in vehicles. Yep. That's, that's sort of the ultimate form of schadenfreude, right? Yeah. It's kind of the, mo- well, I mean, maybe not the, it's, the, it's a pure form. <laughs> you are literally watching people suffer. Yep. Or like when a kid... Here's a classic one where the kid swings a bit, you know, the dad and the kid, right? Mm-hmm. And then the baseball bat, um, or he, they're playing baseball or whatever. The kid hits the baseball and hits a dad in the nuts. Yeah. That's the classic one. Classic. So those are kind of, quite frankly, those are kind of like a little bit innocent, kind of funny, humorous versions of this. But there are some, you know, when I when I was looking this up, trying to trying to just get a little more of a better understanding of it, drive the psych the psychological driving forces because this can be a real thing. Psychological driving forces are aggression, rivalry, and sometimes justice. You think about that one. Well, like when you see here's a classic one going back to the same kind of knucklehead stuff. You see the person that's driving, and they do some asshole move, yeah. and then they hit a freaking. You know, a bridge abunkment or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And you go, ah, kind of, you know, like I yeah. got what you deserved. So when I worked at the nightclub downtown, mm. you'd see, you know, people show out downtown, right? And did you a, say show out? Yeah, show out like a getting all dressed up and whatnot. <laughs> no, it's like is it is, this, is it different than show off? Yeah, a little okay. Bit. What's yeah. the difference? Show out means like essentially, for lack of a better way of putting it, making a scene. Okay, good or bad. Okay, you know, um, yeah. So. Guys would like when they leave, they'll peel out, right? Making it all smoky mm-hmm. and loud, making it's just showing out, right? Okay. And uh, they peel out, right? And then you'd see sometimes, because a lot of cops down down, you'll see the cop turn on his light, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and go chase them. Everyone would cheer. It's weird. Uh, Everyone on the streets cheering. Just Schadenfreude. All day, man. On mass. Justice, justice. Justice for that person. So that can do it. And so, why did you, what, what made you want to discuss this? Um, Was it some particular case that it, you saw? 
No, no. It was just like the like a psychological kind of condition that's mm-hmm. like it seems bad, but then there's it probably goes so deep in which to me I didn't know I didn't realize all of this stuff that you already said. Yeah. So. Well, here's what when you asked about it, it's like okay, cool. So we'll talk about what it is, and I think everyone can kind of understand it. But he, I wanted to take something. I don't want to say positive away from it, but I wanted to get a legitimate lesson learned from it. Here's the legitimate lesson learned as I started thinking about this feeling. It is such a good indicator of your own station in life, your own security, your own confidence, your own, for lack of a better word, happiness, right? So if I'm seeing Echo and I see you freaking whatever, you get, you, you crash your car. And I'm like, I kind of feel good about it. What does that say about me? Mm-hmm. If I see, if you get fired from your job, if your girlfriend dumps you, and I kind of feel good about it, mm-hmm. why? Why is that? Well, it's because I'm insecure. It's because I'm not happy, and I want you to be suffering as well. Yeah. You know, I got for a while thinking that you know certain guys in the SEAL teams wouldn't want to see other guys succeed. I told you that story about Seth wanting to go to Princeton yeah. and guys like, no, you shouldn't go to ruin your career. I'm like, right. bro, how is going to Princeton going to ruin your career? Mm-hmm. What are you? That's insane. Mm-hmm. Like go to Princeton. You'll have a degree. But people didn't want him to get that leg up, right? So it's sort of like a check engine light for your soul. <laughs> and if you're walking around and you yep. see other people suffering and it brings you joy, you got issues yeah. that you need to look at for yourself. Yeah. And you need to check yourself. Now there's a, uh, once I got in the rabbit hole of this thing, there's another word, another tough to pronounce German word, but it's related. It's called Glückschmerz. (laughs) And what this is, this is when you're mad about someone else's good luck. Oh, Echo got a new job. Mm. You're mad about it. You know, oh, Echo just freaking got a new house and you're mad about it. Same thing, in my opinion. If you feel this way, you need to check your soul. This is a red light and to check engine light on your soul. I, I, when I got the house that I live in now, which was a long time ago, it was actually 10, almost 12, almost 11 years ago, I got the house I live in now. House I live in now is in a cool, very cool location. I could barely afford it. I did crazy things to get into that house. And one of the, you know, not like a close friend, but a uh, you know friend of the family type individual had stopped, you know was walking down the street and knew that we had got her whatever and walked in there mm. and immediately started telling me like oh but the traffic you know is going to be loud you know, there's a lot of salt corrosion because by the oh there'll be a lot of like just point out all these negative things started hating on oh it was hating thank <laughs> you for bringing it to the parlance of our times right was hating on it. You could not be mad at this house. Mm. I mean, unless you're, uh, you could not be. Mm. You, you know, it's, it, you could not be. Yeah. And I remember thinking, damn, mm-hmm. this dude is bummed that I got a, that I got this house in this location. So it wasn't so much the, the location, right? The house was kind of crappy. It wasn't that crappy though. I mean, it was not bad. It wasn't heinous. Yeah. It was livable. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I but the location. Yeah. Was good to go. So, but then the funny thing is Stoner came by. And I was like, hey, dude, I got, I got, because I didn't want to jinx it. And so I told him, I'm like, hey, man, I'm I'm in escrow for a house. 
He's like, where is it? I'm like, I don't. And I was like, oh, it's 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 down by the water. We'll be, you know. But I didn't want to tell him because I didn't want to jinx it, yeah, superstition yeah. <laughs> style. Yep, yep. So finally, I got. I go, I go, hey man, come and see the new house. And he's like, where is it? And I send him the, like the pin drop. Yeah. And he's like, damn. So he comes <laughs> over, and I'm already there. And he walks in, dude, and you could see like big smile, ear to ear smile on his face. He's like, dude, we're set. <laughs> For him, it was like we bought, it was our house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But he was like super stoked. Yeah, yeah. The, he had the opposite of Glucksmerz. So if you're one of these people, if you're getting bitter, then, then you have an issue. And where I, I, again, you kind of sent me in a little bit of a, thought tornado because here's what's going on in my opinion once again if i'm looking at you and i'm kind of mad that you're getting lucky when i look at myself i realize there's i'm not i'm letting myself down somehow right um i'm bummed like i remember actually you know stoner ended up getting a house in the neighborhood that i was in and it wasn't quite as badass, but it was freaking legit. And I was so stoked for him. So he was stoked for me, I was stoked for him, right? That's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. Some people be all bummed out when their friends are winning. Yeah. If you're bummed out when your friends are winning, you're probably, you got issues, but I think the issue that you have is you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're not working hard. You're not reaching your potential. And that, is so you have the pent up aggression towards people that are being successful, and that's a bummer. Yeah. So watch out for those. Again, I think both these things, they're good things to pay attention to, because if you're feeling them, if you're feeling joy when someone is suffering, or you're feeling anger when someone is winning, yeah. you got issues. Pay attention to it. Yeah. Do you feel like a little bit of that is natural? Well, that's the thing. There are natural psychological driving forces that I that I read about, which is, you know, our natural human aggression, right? Yeah. Like we're sizing each other up. We're we're comp- we're competitors in life, right? Yeah, that's what I feel. So like. that is a natural thing that we're going to have. We have a natural rivalry for resources and for, you know, mates mm-hmm. at an animal level. Yeah. So all those things are coming into play. Yeah. So it's not, it is totally natural to feel it. Yeah. It's totally natural to feel it, but you gotta check yourself. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what it always feels like anytime I start to feel that kind of stuff, where I'm like, oh wait, I, I feel like there there might be like a little sense of competition getting kind of exposed a yeah. little bit in my head. My thoughts are, the more you feel this, the more you should check yourself. The more yeah. you feel either one of these things, the more you should check yourself, because there's something wrong with your soul. Yeah. If you're not stoked when your friends are winning, you're wrong. And if yeah. you're not stoked when they're getting lucky, you're wrong. If you're yeah. angry when they're getting lucky, man, you need to check yourself. Yeah. You need to check yourself. And I think, you know, the more you win, the easier it is to do that. Yeah. You know? I'm trying to think as an ad- it the if I see it or whatever or feel it, it's usually like online. It will never be with my actual friends. I don't think I've ever been in competition with my ac- actual friends as an adult ever. I don't think. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe I have, but I can't remember any time. But, yeah, it's usually more like a public figure scenario, hmm. you know, like when you see a public figure kind of having success with some obnoxious BS or something like that. 
get annoyed with it. <laughs> Come on. Bro. Still, though, no, you're, you're making a key distinction that you're not mad that they're successful. You're mad that they're being a douche. And being successful. Because, you know, just oh, like okay. this thing where it's like if they're being a douche, like whatever, A, that's nothing new. B, like we know that, that that's that's not a good thing. We know that. Or we think we know that. You see someone being a douche and then being successful with it, it kind of like throws a wrench into your whole thing, you know? <laughs> You're like freaking all unhappy about it. Uh, that doesn't really bother me because I still think the being a douche outweighs whatever success you got. Whatever yeah. whatever money you got to stick in your pocket. Yeah. But yet everyone thinks you're a douche. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's not I'd be like, well, bro, you can have that you can have that money because yeah. you're a douche. Yeah, that's that maturity though that we that we all got to aspire to. Yeah, okay. That's like the correct answer, right? Yeah. As far as like really understanding that part of it, but the lack of understanding that, you know, immediately is what kind of allows for these other feelings. This however you say it. Check. Check. Watch out for them. Yeah, yeah, especially if it's with your friends, man. That's kind of even you saying it, it's like, oh man, that's that's like one of those weird conniving like feelings, those yeah. dark kind of conniving, yeah, yeah. like ah, it's bad. It's if bad. it's with your friends, yeah, that's rough, bro. It's bad. Don't let Don't it do happen. it. Check. All right, let's get to some Q and A. What do we got? First question. Hello. My question is in regards to handling guys in public who try to instigate challenges. For example, quite a few times while walking down the sidewalk, I've had guys try and ram their shoulders into mine. If there's no way for me to, to step aside and avoid them, usually they do it when their girlfriends are with them. I work in healthcare, so I don't want to risk losing my license or putting hands on them. What's the best way to handle insecure folks like this? This is kind of an interesting question. Uh, you know, my first reaction to it is like, uh, oh, you, oh, yeah, say excuse me, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Get get out of the way, you know. Say sorry about, hey, sorry about that, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, then I started thinking about it like for another fifteen seconds, and I'm like, how many sidewalks are not wide enough for you to get out of the way of like a guy <laughs> walking, like? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. How many sidewalks have walls on them? Yeah. Where you're just like, and they're only two people wide. I've actually never been on a sidewalk in my whole life that was two people wide. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Am I wrong? I, I, I don't know. Uh, Is there a country in the world that I don't know about where it's like <laughs> you're getting two people, that's it? Yeah. I, I mean, two people, that's like a, that's like a, what, like a three foot sidewalk? Yeah. You make a good point. So sure. I, 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 I guess what I'm saying, and here's another thing. Like we get asked a lot of questions. I've gotten asked thousands of questions. Maybe even at this point, tens of thousands of questions. I've been asked similar questions to this. Like a question like, hey, what do you do when someone's drunk and they're being mouthy? Or what do you do when someone, you know, and we got responses to that. Oh, like, you know, hey, try and calm down. Walk the other way. It's not worth the trouble. Um, you know, some guy's getting aggressive, being a jerk. Like, uh, what do you do? Okay, well, here's what's the scenario. How can you deescalate it? That type of thing. But for for this question to come, like, how often is this happening that you actually were like, look, I got to ask Jocko what to do because I'm walking down the street all the time and people are just, <laughs> just just bowing up to me, pushing me off. Like, that's you see what I'm saying? Yes, sir. I it's do. a little bit. It's a little bit strange. And what I'm saying is. Instead of worrying about all these other dudes, you might want to look at yourself and see what is going on in your head that you think all these people are walking around just like confronting you all the time. 
you might be a little bit insecure, right? You make good because when I'm walking down the street and like someone's walking with their girlfriend and they like eyeball me, I'm like, oh, cool, dude, trying to impress this girl. Let me step aside. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, what? Well, oh, guys, you know, he uh, looks like he's got some some insecurity issues. Let me get out of his way because I got stuff I got to do in my life right now and not deal with this idiot, right? Mm-hmm. He's got a girlfriend. I might even make him look good. I might even try and hook a brother up. How you like them apples? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Treat this dude with some respect, you know? All good. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say this is weird, a little bit weird, right? You're feeling like everyone's challenging. You know how many people I feel like challenge me? None. Mm. I have not, 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 no one, zero, have like, I'm feeling like when I'm walking down the street, like this guy wants some, this guy's trying to make, <laughs> I feel zero people do that. Now listen, part of that's because of I look like a serial killer, right? Yeah, that makes and sense. you know what, I actually am thinking here, train jujitsu, lift weights, get stronger. Get more situational awareness. Become more confident, because because bullies can check can understand that they know that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that story that Josh Hall <laughs> Josh Hall tells <laughs> the first time Josh Hall like remembers seeing me. Mm-hmm. We were I was out surfing and I had my son out surfing, mm-hmm. and it was a huge day. And Josh Hall's like, "This kid shouldn't be out here," and he's like, "Where's his dad?" And like sees me and starts paddling over and then he gets a little closer and he's like, oh, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, maybe your own confidence levels are low. Maybe you're perceiving a lot of this stuff. You know, it's like when I talk to somebody that says, you know, um, I'll talk to a leader that says, you know, everyone thinks that I don't know what I'm doing because I'm new. Mm. Or, you know, they don't like, we, we were, I work with a bunch of women, they're not treating me well because I'm a man or I'm a woman. So they like a lot of times people, what your perception is, is your own perception. Mm. You know how many people care that you're, that you, that you don't, not very experienced? Almost no one. Mm. Like no one on the team cares. They just want you to like listen to what they have to say. You know how many people care that you're a woman? No one, no one cares. You know how many people care that you're a man? No, no one cares. That you're older, no one cares. Like so often, or there's a team of 82 people and there's one person that's like, dude, I don't, I don't feel like working for this old guy or I don't feel like working. Kind of, sure, there's someone on there. Mm-hmm. And just like when you walk down the street, sure, there's probably gonna be one person that wants to prove their manhood. Mm-hmm. But man, it's rare. So, yeah. Get out of their way, you know? Say excuse me. Uh, who was it? Somebody asked me a question on a podcast a while ago like, how do you handle, you know, like road rage when someone cuts you off? Mm. You know, and, and I was like, oh, if someone cuts me off in traffic, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of played a little bit. I was like, oh, if someone cuts me off in traffic, I'll tell you right now, I'm immediately gonna get to a situation where I can wave to him and say sorry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Does that make me a weak person, dude? I don't care. I don't care what anybody else is thinking as we're walking down the street. You got a girlfriend, cool dude. I hope you're trying to impress your girl and look hard. Good for you, man. I'll get out of your way. Make you look good. Hook a brother up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Who who who's doing this? Yeah. Am I to, am I off base? I don't know. I don't think you're off base at all. I okay. think I feel like even how you said and I kind of saw your reaction to as the question went on. Um your reaction 
was kind of what I was kind of thinking too. When it's he's straight up saying, usually they do it when their girlfriends are with them. It's kind of like, man, how often does this happen? <laughs> and it's and where it, do you it, even go? It happens so <laughs> often that he can establish a pattern. Yep. Oh, here the girlfriend, like man, I don't think anyone's ever shoulder well in the club or something like this. Where I would imagine this thing is pretty rampant, but on a sidewalk, never, yeah. never, yeah. I think zero times in my life someone has shoulder checked me in the sidewalk yeah. while walking with their girl like this. Yeah. And it says quite a few times while walking down this. Now, he's saying that as an example, and he says handling guys in public who try and instigate challenges. Yeah. So that's that could be broader, right? Yeah, yeah, but sure. again, what's going on? Yeah. What's happening? Yeah. I don't really, you know, what do you, how are you acting? What are you walking around like? Are you walking around minding your own business, but while still looking organized? And that's a specific word I'm using because remember we talked about this uh, case where they yeah. interviewed all these all these uh, criminals yeah. to find out what they looked for in a victim, and yeah. what they looked for in a victim was someone that was not organized. Yeah, that was the word that they used. So if you're walking around and you don't look organized, it, it, you might get some people that are kind of. Seeing you as weak, or if you're walking around like you're a tough guy, yeah, then you might also get that. So maybe you need to practice on being a little bit more the gray man. Yeah, huh? the gray man term meaning it's a term that came from SEAL training, meaning you just want to kind of blend in. Mm. I think oh, and there's a movie now called Gray Man as well. True, but it means you want to blend in, right? You don't want to look weak, but you don't want to look like you're trying to challenge people. So I would maybe think about that. Yeah. Uh. And I would lift weights, and I would work out, and I would train jujitsu, and I would train boxing. Because another, we're talking about men here, men can tell when you know how to fight. And they can tell when you don't know how to fight. And when you know how to fight, they don't want none. They don't want none. Especially when they're out there, girl. Because then you're gonna kick their ass and take their girl. <laughs> so, now look, if you're asking a specific question, hey, I work in a in an area where there's a lot of a lot of guys, a lot of times, you know, I work in a bar or I work in there a lot of guys act like tough guys. Okay, well, let's de-escalate. Let's try and humanize yourself. You know, th- those are specific situations. Yeah. But if you're just random guys in public who are tr- trying to instigate challenges, yeah. check yourself. Yep. Get stronger, become more confident. Say hi to you know. Hey, what's up, man? That's a good one. Some guy makes eye contact. Give him a head nod. Give him the universal bro, you know, head nod. Like, look, yep. lift your chin. Hey, what's up? What's up, man? Mm-hmm. What's he gonna do? Like, you tell me what you want. Some like, does that happen? Is that happening? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you. You know. I hey, think, what's up, man? I think, I think you're right. I think you're actually, you know, we don't know much about this yeah. person, so who knows? Maybe yeah, follow a, up. A hey, if we're off base, man, let me throw, if, if we're off base and this is maybe, you know, maybe you worded the question in a way it didn't come out quite the way you wanted to say, which is fine. We can, you know, and maybe we're reading it wrong. So either way, let us know if we're making a mistake here. But, you know, coming from, I'm 51 years old, Echo is, how old are you? 44. 44 years old. So we've been around a little bit, you know. Yeah. And and it seems a little bit strange to 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 hear this. So, mayhem, maybe just a little check. 
And on top of that, like how you mentioned, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem strange at all. If you're getting struck by lightning a lot, you might be the lightning rod. <laughs> so maybe be less of a lightning rod. Yeah. And that doesn't seem strange. So like, okay, so if you're walking, if I'm walking around me and I'm looking for who, like anyone looking at me wrong, anyone who thinks he's better than me, I can mm-hmm. just read their mind. Mm-hmm. Anyone who, uh, you know, maybe be, maybe they're taller than me or maybe they're dressed a little bit nicer, like trying to flex on me all the time. And I'm constantly looking for that. Guess what I'm going to see? That mm-hmm. the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> if I see somebody walking towards me and we got to kind of compromise on a sidewalk scenario, yeah. I'm not going to freaking concede to this freaking guy trying to flex on me. Yeah. Right? If I'm like that, <laughs> he's gonna, probably going to shoulder bump me accidentally because I didn't concede. You know, there's a natural concession. Like if you're going to, you know. I walk my kids to school, right? Yeah. And the sidewalk, other parents are walking. Yeah. Some parents are walking nobody from the school. Into you? No, nobody <laughs> bumps into you. <laughs> but you can recognize the little dance you do, and it's like yeah. it's a give and take yeah, where it's, it's like, hey, me. I'm yeah, here. So. Maybe you got some more kids. I'm gonna yeah, yeah. I'm gonna concede even more. Maybe I got some more kids. You'll see yeah. them get off the it, it's a it's a it's a mutual kind of dance you do. But if you're like super if you're the lightning rod, yeah. you're like, I'm not freaking stepping aside for nobody. Boom, the shoulder bump. Happening all the time. Yeah, he used the words putting hands on them. Which yeah. is like a which that's, is like that's a, the lingo, right? It's there. a lingo, that's right? It's a lingo, yeah, for sure. Like it's a lingo of like I I've kind of kicked people's asses, you know. Yeah. Don't make me put hands on you. Yeah. You know? This guy looks I was, at gonna, me. I was gonna put hands on it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. one of those things. It's a tough guy thing. Yes, sir. It is a little bit of a tough guy thing. So yeah, I would uh, start training some more jujitsu if you're not. Start lifting weights. Maybe train some boxing. Maybe, you know what? You, you ever seen someone in a super, like a, like a legit, like a supercar? Yeah. Like a Lamborghini. Oh, yeah, or yeah. A, mm-hmm. Or a Ferrari. And you make eye contact with them. Mm-hmm. And they kind of have a look on their face like, they think they're badass mm-hmm. and you don't even like I literally do not care. Mm-hmm. This is kind of like that, right? Yeah. You know? They like rev their engine and think I'm gonna rev my engine. <laughs> right, like, right. Dude, <laughs> I don't <laughs> hey but I'm you know what I might say? Mm-hmm. Might say, nice car. Yep. It's a great, cool car, man. Hey, nice ride. That's pretty cool. That's such if a, that's your jam. That's such a um I'm reluctant to use the word powerful even though it is, it's such a powerful play. It's a move where you could tell they're just like needing something or wanting yeah. something and then you give it to them fully. It's like, that's a that's kind of a mature power play kind of a thing yeah. in a good way. Yeah. Not the kind of like, oh, I beat him, nothing like that. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like you have a formidable adversary come to fight you and you become friends with him. Now you guys both can fight. It's kind of like that idea where like, there's there's it like you know the chest bump mm-hmm. right if you see someone flexing with a car or with a whatever maybe has a tank top on and has you know big muscles or something like this you give them the, the chest bump like for respect i see you kind of a thing oh uh, is that a thing yeah hell yeah hmm. or oh. give them a compliment or whatever right whatever's appropriate but yeah. jump on their side just for a little bit just jump on their yeah, side yeah look at that you'll see this thing goes right yeah, away yeah look at this instant dude. cure yeah it's true hey man Oh, hey, sorry about that. Just get out of the way. No big deal. Life's going to get easier, bro. Yeah. You don't have to worry about this stuff. And then you know what? You want to go be beef? Dude, that's why we train jiu-jitsu. I love to fight, bro. Go fight every day in the jiu-jitsu gym. Yeah. 
get that pecking order sorted out. You know where you're at. Yeah. So uh, maybe not the answer you were looking for, but I'm gonna tell you, man. It's good guidance. Very helpful. I do believe. Very helpful. I think so too. Next yeah. question. Jocko, my girlfriend and I recently went off. Do you think occasionally someone just like this, you know, like I'm out? What? Like, like this guy, there's a there's at least some chance that this guy's like, dude, Jocko's a pussy. Oh. He's walking around letting people get out of their way. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's yeah. a chance, right? It's possible, yeah, I think so. For sure. Or it's like maybe they just can't necessarily see yeah. like the benefit in doing it that way or hey, something. Maybe? Let's do this. Uh, let's say this. Whoever asked this question, if when you hear the answer, let's hear what you think back. Yeah. And that way we can see if we were able to communicate well our opinions. Or did this dude, if we never hear back from you, is going to assume that you just like unsubscribe from the underground and unfollowed Echo and Jocko and you're like out there you know, looking for someone to pump up your uh, your testosterone higher. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> yeah, well, and there are, I mean, not to beat a dead horse, but there are little other indicators where it's like, what's the best way to handle insecure folks like this? It's kind of like, you know, and we know people like this where it's every time, every time something bad happens, it very often, by the way, it's always like the other person's oh, fault. Sure. So it's like oh, yes. people just or the whole world's out to get me like all this yeah. stuff. Even Jordan Peterson said something. It was kind of funny, but it made, he made a good point where he's like, everyone's rejecting you and something that everyone's rejecting. He goes, everyone's rejecting you. <laughs> it's not them. It's you yeah, kind of a thing. Yeah. So, you know, there's our little indicators Did you make there. up if you get struck with lightning a lot? You might be the lightning rod? Yeah. yeah see that? I, I'll give, I think that's a better statement than your friend Jordan Peterson. I'm giving you credit. Yeah. JP just got trumped by EC. Well, in his defense, he did say it a lot better than I just said it. So, I don't know. Yeah, sure. I think they're all vi- uh, uh, in play for sure. Yeah. Well, let us know what you think, bro. Hopefully we read the thing qu- uh, appropriately and you're like, yeah, you know what? I kind of do get a little... I, you know, I, I, I'm probably out there a little bit. Hopefully that's your thought. You're like, yeah, I could, I could chill out a little bit yeah. and I could focus on being better. Yeah, that's, Hopefully yeah. that's where we get out of this. All right, next question. Next question. Jock, my girlfriend and I recently went off to college. We decided to stay together, but are going to separate schools. The distance has been difficult for us and I'm having trouble finding resilience. As a man, I try to stay strong and mentally disciplined for stability. It's hard to find my own happiness now that we live such separate lives any help is appreciated well but interestingly there's not really a question there uh you find it hard you separated from this girl so a little bit hard to do a good job with this question when there's not a specific question limited knowledge of the actual situation on the ground but let's let's just talk about it a little bit if you're that into her if you're that into her, shouldn't be that hard, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If this is the one, you're thinking about her. You're not thinking about Jessica over there on the other dorm room, right? <laughs> Who's looking good. Hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Now, look, look, does that mean you're going to have zero thoughts about Jessica over there? Maybe you won't have zero thoughts because you're a college days aged human. And you see Jessica and she's looking good and she's probably looking back at you. So, but you're like, yeah, you know, but compared to my girl, 
Mm-hmm. Ain't got nothing for Jessica over here. If you're really into your girl, it shouldn't be that hard. And here's the thing, you're young. What makes you think she's the, that your girl is the one? What makes you think that? How does she know if you're the one? How does she know that? Well, let's think through that and then let's assess. If this girl that you're dating, your girlfriend, if your girlfriend, if you truly think she's the one, then do the right thing, man. And from a pragmatic standpoint, maybe that means FaceTime her more or write her more letters or text her or like go visit her more often. If that's the situation you're in, then cool. Then you're right. As a man, be a man. Be like, hey, yep, you're my girl. Uh, that's We're sticking together. We're going to make this work. Cool. And just like staying on the path, any path, whether it's eating right, whether it's working out, whether it's doing things that are hard, it's going to be hard to do that. Now, just like when someone tells me they have a hard time resisting donuts, like, well, what do I say? Like, don't eat the freaking donuts. There's no magic trip trick here, right? There's no magic trick. Mm-hmm. Like, when you see Jessica over in the other dorm room, mm-hmm. this is, I'm not saying that you're going to be like a, a monk here, a eunuch. Is that the right word? I don't know. Eunuch, they got castrated. Yeah. They have no more desires. Mm. I'm not saying you're not going to want to eat that donut. <laughs> yes, sir. Discipline is hard. But here's the deal. If you have assessed in your long-term life that your girlfriend is the one that is going to be, she's the prize, then it's going to be worth it. Then you do it. You do the hard things. That's the discipline. Not going to be easy. And, and look, the idea of like, well, you know, Jessica, Jessica could be a donut. Jessica could be a steak. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is hard. You're young. You're in college. And I don't know anything about you. I don't know what your religious beliefs are. I don't know what your family background is. I don't know what you want to do with your life. I don't know what kind of family you want to have. There's all kinds of things to figure out here. But to, to brass tax this thing, you have natural desires as a man. And it is not easy to suppress those desires and there's no trick to it. You just have to be disciplined. But I want you to be disciplined for the right reasons. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Gotta be honest, I can't relate at all. And this and the only reason I'm even saying this is because this could be like an, a viable approach. So I never for the most part I never like wanted like a girlfriend kind of for this reason. Mm-hmm. If if I'm even understanding the question correctly. Um where you know there's a lot of experiences, a lot of you know, you it's a common thing, right? You you're high school girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. Mm. You guys both go to different colleges. So it's like, oh, there's like kind of this tension between like experiencing meeting new people. I'm not saying romantically necessarily, but maybe not not romantically kind of a thing. There's an experience there, a college experience that can really be a big part of your life going forward after college. Friends, girlfriends, whatever. And when you have a boyfriend, girlfriend going in and you're like, you know, you're committed to that as a young person or whatever, you do miss out on a lot of that stuff. 
where, you know, this girl's going to go to parties now, right, and meet a bunch of new football players and basketball players and <laughs> frat guys and, like, all this stuff. He's gonna meet, you know, she's going to meet Chess all these clubs, people. Chess clubs, dudes. Come on. <laughs> yeah, Chess club dudes yeah. are in there. All day. Keeping it real. And sometimes... A lot of times, I would imagine that the boyfriend in the other college is kind of like, oh, he's going to feel kind of uneasy about it mm-hmm. and vice versa. So to put like a lot of resistance on that is like it can be kind of a strain in your life, you know, as far as like that part of your life. So it could be more viable just to understand, hey, maybe just break up, not for the sake of seeing other people, but just to be kind of like to not have to run into this kind of stuff. Yeah, again, it's hard to say this girl could be the one. I mean, she could be. She could be the most awesome chick ever. Yeah. And this dude's like, you know, he should be trying to lock her down because she's squared away. She's smart. She's athletic. She's healthy. Like, I don't know. Yeah. So if she's like a just spectacular, then you might, I might just, be, my, my advice would be like, dude, get a grip on reality here, bro. You got this awesome girl. Mm. You need to be a good dude. But then again, she could be over there at a frat party, you know, at her college, keeping it real, (laughs) real. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yes, I do know. And maybe she's not, you know, like you come from a small town. A girl that's epic in your small town may not be epic in in the bigger fishbowl. A girl that seems like she's a good match for you in your small town, once you meet freaking Jessica, you might be like, dude, I gotta say bye to this to, to the hometown girl. And the hometown girls might be a, a better match for some other dude. Yeah. So you don't know that right now. Yeah. And and I It's I, weird he asked for he's having trouble finding resilience. It's a weird word. Yeah. Like to be resilience what against n- new and, chicks? And or? mentally disciplined for stability. Yeah, and I'm assuming he means like mentally disciplined, like, hey, you know, there's there are other girls available. Yeah, but then but if saying, he's doing it for stability? Yeah, you know. Like how, how much like, stability do you need when you're a college freshman? Like what stability are you looking for? The stability from chasing girls. I would actually be looking for non-stability when I'm a college freshman. Yeah, see, and that's that was kind of more part of my point where when you go to college, you, you're – I don't know, everyone goes to different places for different reasons, I understand. But let's say generally speaking, it's understandable to believe that you go to college for more development as a person, academically, socially, mm-hmm. independence, all this stuff, right? More development. So who you are going into college usually is not who you are coming out of college if you maximize the experience, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're in these com- weird, com- not weird, but in these committed relationships, especially if you're feeling like this, you might stunt your development in one way or another. I'm not saying in a specific way, but you might in one way or another. So that's why I think maybe, I don't know, I don't know, like just like I said, you didn't know the person, mm-hmm. but it could be viable just to be like, hey, let me just maximize this whole experience and not have a girlfriend. I'm I think just, now I've figured out what to say here. This dude needs to detach, take a step back and assess the whole scenario to figure out what to do, right? Sure. He's a little wrapped up. I mean, you're super emotional. You got the girlfriend, you know, like you got to take a step back and assess the whole situation hmm. and and actually write down what's going on so you can kind of detach from it. Here's the situation I'm in. Here's what I think my future's going to be. Here's how much time I have invested with this girl and here's how good or bad or whatever it's been. So yeah, you need to do a good 
solid self-assessment and situational assessment to figure out what's going on mm-hmm. because you're not sure right now. That's what this question is really about. This question mm-hmm. is about uncertainty and feelings that you have that are uncertain. And we cannot tell you what your feelings are or what your feelings should be. What I can tell you is you need to assess what, where those feelings are coming from and detach, take a step back. Let's figure out what's actually happening and move forward from there. Check. Next question, Jiu-Jitsu. Hey guys, I've been sidelined from active rolling for a couple months due to a minor medical procedure. I'm wondering if it would be as beneficial for me as a white belt to still attend training sessions even though I will not be able to participate in the mats. Get some. In the live rolling. Yeah. It is, obviously. Well, yeah, yes. The answer is for sure. Go watch. Go listen. Go learn. Uh, You know, and you said you can't participate on the mats. Is that at all? Or can you sit there and learn and go through the physical moves without actually, you know, zero resistance? You know, hey, instructor, can I do it three times on you just so I get the feeling of the move? Mm -hmm. And there you go. So, yes, this is highly beneficial to go keep going to class. Do what you can in the class. Don't just walk away from the, the mats of justice because then they will provide you with a lot of justice when you come back to them. You can still make a bunch of progress, man. And then obviously don't roll into your healed. You know, a lot of people, myself included, have made the mistakes over the years of trying to roll too early, and that's not a good move. So use caution. But yeah, man, go get back in there. Talk to your instructor. Hey, man, I'm just gonna sit on the side. Hey, maybe I can work with, uh, you know, Fred over here. I know he's, you know, he's hurt too, or he doesn't like to roll, so I'm just gonna, cool, see what you can do. Straightforward, man. Yeah, agree. And the and also that kind of it gets you used to going all the time as well. Where mm-hmm. like as opposed to like, oh, I'm injured, I just won't go. And then sometimes yeah. that sort of leads into, oh, I'm not even going to think about it. It's just a foregone conclusion. Yeah. I'm not going. And then you sort of forget about going. And then you're good to go. And you're waiting. It's like I've been healed for like two months. I haven't even thought about going. Yeah. Kind not of a, a thing, great you know. Point, man. It keeps you kind of attached to the get in the there. Going. Getting in there. It's true. Get in there. Straightforward. Next there you question. go. Chocolate. Long time fan, I appreciate everything both of you you do for the world and making it a better place. I'm 26 years old, prior infantry, marine, and high school wrestling coach. I'm having trouble retaining kids within the program and encouraging them to believe in themselves, be disciplined, and attend practices and tournaments on season and off season. I'll be in my second season officially coaching this year. Some kids are all about it, but most aren't. I'm the assistant coach and the head coach and I work together, have have a great relationship, and he lets me condition and teach techniques to the kids. I've heard secondhand from some of the kids that others aren't attending off-season practices because they're scared of the conditioning and occasional tough love. I am curious on how you would approach building culture amongst teenagers and whether you fo- focus on them having fun, technique, discipline, or maybe a mix of things I'm missing. Should I be asking them more on how they want to be coached, etc.? Thank you again. Apologies for the long question. Um, yeah. So first of all, we, we, how do we how do we form a team? We build relationships with the people. We build relationships with the with the people. That's how we do it. We build relationships. We listen to what they have to say. We put trust into them. We treat them with respect. We allow them to influence us. So that so that means yeah. You ask how you want to be coached. Like, hey, what do you guys think we should do? How do you think we should do this? It, it allows them to influence you, which will allow you more influence over them. And I know that's counterintuitive, 
I know that's counterintuitive. But when you say, hey, how often do you guys think we should do conditioning and it comes from them, it's infinitely more powerful. I know it sounds strange. Does that mean you never need to push them? Nope, doesn't mean that at all. But who is better, the person that's getting pushed because they want to be pushed or the person that's getting pushed because they have no choice? I mean, it's a no-brainer, right? So build relationships with all these folks. Uh, Next, make hard training for sure, but make it fun, right? We, we can make the mistake as coaches, as leaders sometimes, we want to make things suck really bad and we want them to know and think and, and have to suffer in how bad it sucks because then it's, they're gonna have to push through it and we think that we're making them tougher because it sucks so bad. But what if you're making them do hard things, really hard things, but you're making it fun? and all of a sudden it's a different game. Are they gonna be soft now? No, they're not gonna be soft. No, they're gonna have fun, and that means they're gonna do it more, and the more they do it, the harder they work. And as you teach them that hard work is fun and that hard work is rewarding, they're gonna wanna be pushed harder. And now you have a team, because the harder the training, the more people brag. But can you overdo that? Well, yes, you can. Now you, have, now you have people that aren't showing up for practice. They're not showing up for tournaments. It's exactly what it is. Once you've built a team, then you can start to elevate the harshness. You can, if you built the morale, you built the team, then you can start pushing them harder, making them suffer, which will build their ability to suffer, which will make them tougher, which will make things more fun. Things are more fun when you're tough, which will then build more morale again, and the cycle continues. The cycle continues. So you mentioned culture. How are we gonna? How do we build culture? Number one, set the example. So I hope as a twenty-six-year-old, you're you're setting the example with everything that you're doing, leading from the front, right? Number two, propagate the stories of when people work hard. Reward when people work hard. Expl- point people out. Look what look what Fred just did. He just freaking did tw- 27 rounds in a row or he jumped run, whatever. You point that stuff out, you reward it. You mitigate when somebody does does something that's counterculture. And I'm not saying you got to make fun of them, but a little bit. Like, "Hey, I thought you were coming in, Echo. Late again, huh? Is that what we're doing?" "Hey, Echo, why don't you lead us through, you know, uh drills here since you're 15 minutes late. Have fun with it, right?" forming a relationship. So we're gonna reward. The other thing is like, and, and this is something I've added recently to my talks about culture. What quantifiable things can you do to build culture? For instance, when I took over Task Unit Bravo at SEAL Team 3, I changed the name to Task Unit Bruiser. When uh, Hackworth took over the 439th, he changed the name from the hopeless to the hardcore. And then he gave them little physical patches. Little patches to put on your uniform, hardcore Rakondo. That's what you are. That's who we are. I know uh, there's a wrestling camp. My son went to a wrestling camp 
it's it's unfortunately not in existence anymore. J Rob, I'm sure you heard of it. You're a wrestler. The the J Robinson wrestling intensive wrestling camp. Guess what? You got to if you hit certain criteria, you got a T-shirt at the end of that camp. My son was going through that camp. He had a bad sprained ankle. It was really messed up. You can't miss X amount of practices or you don't get the shirt. You got to do these things or you don't get the shirt. You got to do something else. Or you, if you get a demerit, multiple demerits, you don't get the shirt. They're, they held this freaking stupid t-shirt in front of them for, for weeks. Mm-hmm. Finally, he was about done with the camp. He had to do a 12-mile run in order to get the shirt. And I talked to him the night before and I knew his ankle was jacked up. And I'm like, hey, son, what are you gonna do about your ankle for this 12 mile run? He said, I'm gonna tape it up so it can't move and I'm gonna finish. And I was like, well, there you go. So it's just a t-shirt, right? But you want that t-shirt. So what are we making for these kids how many practices do they have to make before they get their name on the wall or they get to wear the, the freaking patch you know, around school? What are, you, what are you doing? How are you showing everyone that these guys are hardcore? What kind of team within the team are you formulating so people want to be a part of it? And those kind of things, they'll take a little bit of time. It won't be overnight. It will help. So build those relationships. Make things fun. Right? Make things fun. Fun is the priority. And doing hard things is fun. That's what you don't, you know, doing fun things doesn't mean, hey, hey, welcome to wrestling practice, another pizza party. No, you got to make hard things fun. You know, when they beat, when they do a certain thing, you're like, hey, if you guys get this done, I'm I'm doing 100 burpees. You guys are counting them, right? Mm -hmm. They're going to, and guess what? I guarantee you. If you, if you bet someone 100 burpees and you lose, some people on the team are going to do those burpees with you. You see what I'm saying? Yes, I do. So we're trying to bring the team together. Bringing the team together by doing hard things is an absolute brilliant plan, and that's what we do in the military. You go through boot camp, it's hard. It brings people together. You go through airborne school, it's hard. It brings people together. You go through basic SEAL training, it brings you together. You do hard things, it brings you together, but they gotta be fun. And there's gotta be some kind of reward. And the reward doesn't have to, the reward can be a patch. The reward can be a patch that you put on your shirt. It could be a t-shirt because you kicked ass. It could be your name on the wall. All those things are gonna help you build that culture. The culture of a gang. Where the gang is going to stick together, the gang is going to police itself. And that's what we want. That's how you build a team. So let's give that a try, man. Let me know how it works out. And thanks for uh, getting out there and coaching these, coaching these kids in wrestling. That's freaking outstanding. All right, one more question. Yes. Hi, Jock. I'm a huge supporter of your, your phrase, discipline equals freedom, and I try to spend as little as possible. Try to spend as little as possible so I could buy a house for my wife and kids in the near future. My wife, however, wants wants to spend money more frivol- frivolously, saying that we should learn to enjoy life. She's al- also always asking me to spend money on vacations, trips, etc. And sometimes our differences in financial goals and discipline culminate into arguments. How can I convince her 
to be more disciplined in spending and focus less on enjoying the now. Okay. Um, first of all, let's not be arguing with our wife. That tells me that you're talking when you should be listening. And we need to spend more time listening. Most I've been talking about this for like the last two years. Actually, it's been since the beginning of COVID. Hmm. Listening is the mon- most underrated tool of leadership. It's the most underrated form of communication. And if you're arguing, that means you're talking a bunch and you shouldn't be, you should be listening. So you sure, you can explain the goals that you have, which I guarantee you have. That's why you're arguing in the first place. But you can explain the timeline that you have, which I guarantee you already have. You told her that you want to buy a house. You told her you want to do it three. You told her all those things. Mm-hmm. You haven't listened to what her goals are. You haven't listened to what her timeline is. You haven't listened to what she cares about. Maybe you've done a crappy job of explaining why a house is important. Maybe you've done a crappy job of explaining why you like the timeline. Maybe you haven't even considered what she is thinking. Because do you think it's kind of crazy to think that you have a wife and that it, she just thinks, no, I don't want to own a house. No, I think that's a bad idea. There's no wife that thinks that. There's no wife that thinks, no, I'd, I'd rather keep renting forever. That seems like a great financial deal. Mm-hmm. It's not happening. So these problems that we're talking about are your problems. They're mistakes that you're making. Um, we need to get aligned. You need to make sure that you're aligned with her, right? Most likely you are aligned. There's almost zero chance that your wife thinks, nope, I don't ever wanna own a house. That seems like a bad idea. There's almost zero chance of that. Now, is it mutually exclusive that she wants a house while at the same time wanting to go on vacation sometimes? That's not mutually exclusive, you know? Is it mutually exclusive that she says, oh, I definitely wanna get a house, but I also wanna get this new car? And I, yeah, I definitely want a house, but I also wanna get, you know, uh, what's another thing that she might want? Echo Charles, help me. Vacation. Another vacation, right? So she, it's not mutually exclusive, but you, need to come together and figure out, okay, well, you want a house. Here's how much you think. You want a house for $200,000. You look at the the income, you look at the financial plan, you look at your expenditures, and you go, okay, we need to get a 20% down payment. It's gonna take us this long to save up. Hey, darling, here's what I figured out with the numbers. Here's what I think we should do, but I'm only one person. I'm only 50%. Vote. What are your vote? What's your vote? You, do, are you okay with waiting an extra two years to buy a house? Or maybe if we budget, we can take 1.5 vacations here. We can take one big vacation and one smaller vacation. Or maybe instead of getting a brand new car, we can get you a two years old car. Hmm. Or you know what? I'll keep driving this the junker for now. I don't need a new car. I'll deal with it. Or I'll get a cheap used car from freaking somebody. So I just think we need to sit down. I guarantee she wants to get a house. Then you start looking at the price range of the house. Maybe you think you need to get, you know, this kind of house. And maybe she doesn't realize that, oh, 
she wants to live in such and such a neighborhood, we're actually gonna have to save even more than I thought. Mm-hmm. Or are you okay with this other neighborhood? Are you okay with this commute? Because now you gotta drive in. So I think we just gotta sit down. You gotta do a lot of listening. You gotta kind of talk as well, but I want you to do mostly listening. You can start off, hey, you know, I, I don't think I've been listening well. And I, first of all, I don't think I've explained my goals very clearly. I told you I want us to get a house, but let me, let me show you what those numbers look like. But more important, I wanna know what you want. I wanna know what you want and why you want it. Cause that's another thing. You know what makes you want a vacation? What makes you want a vacation is when you live in a shitty apartment. So when you're like, hey, I know we're living in a shitty apartment, it's really nice to go out to wherever and we get to spend a week or two weeks in a nice area but I actually wanna get us a house where we won't even really need to take a vacation because we'll live in a cool house. We're gonna have a jacuzzi, by the way. Could be part of the, part of the standard that we're getting into. So let's make sure we're aligned. Let's do a lot of listening. Let's come up with a plan. And then when you come up with a plan, you seem like the kind of dude that may not wanna deviate from the plan at all because you just really honed in on discipline equals freedom and you're really focused on the discipline part. Gotta be some freedom in there too. You know, gotta be some freedom in there too. And that's what I'm saying. So that's my assessment of that one, man. Let's listen, let's come up with a plan. Well, let's listen, let's make sure we're aligned, let's see what that looks like, and let's come up with a plan. And with that, um, thanks for joining us, everybody. We appreciate it. We will be here. We're sure you'll be there as well. We, uh, if you want to support us, you can support us with jockofuel.com, originusa.com, jockostore.com, echelonfront.com. Echo is reinstated on Twitter. He got hacked. That's crazy. And deleted. And they deleted it. What a, that sucks. I wonder if it, they got hacked and then started doing dumb stuff like, ooh, join my, oh, and my they got pyramid shut down. scheme. Yeah, and Twitter was like, oh, bot, er, delete the whole thing. Uh, Maybe. I don't know. That's just, that, that's a guess completely. All right. Well, he's back on Twitter, back on the ground. Well, you didn't get deleted from the ground. But everybody, we appreciate it. Thanks for all the support. You can find Echo at Echo Charles. You can find me at Jocko Willink. And you can find us both, as you know, here, living in freedom on the underground. Thanks for your support, everybody. And until next time, this is Echo and Jocko. Out.